0: so much. Welcome to the Oscars. Congratulations. Congratulations to everyone who's nominated. And here are the nominees for Best Director. And now, here are the nominees for Original Screenplay. Here are the outstanding nominees for Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role. Here are the nominees for Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role. So here are the nominees for Best Picture. And the winner is Sally Field in Places in the Heart. The first time I didn't feel it. But this time I feel it, and I can't deny the fact that you like me, right now. You like me. Cuba Gooding Jr. and Jerry Maguire. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God, for putting me through what you put me through, but I'm here and I'm happy. (laughs) Um, I just want to, oh, here we go. Okay, uh, the studio, I love you, and Cameron Crowe, and uh, Tom Cruise. I love you, brother! And the Academy Award for Best Picture. La La Land. Warren, what did you do? (laughs) Hello. It's the Alternative Oscars, a.k.a. the Anders and Adamy Awards. Each episode, we pick a different year in Oscars history and attempt to correct the record, stripping the undeserving of their garlands while recognizing those who are cruelly underlooked, overlooked, sorry. This time, we'll be casting our eyes back to... (laughs) I have to scroll down. So that's why I was distracting people with the Oh my god. Sound effect. Uh, how where is it? Oh, here it is. The 12th Academy Awards held February 29th, 1940, at the Coconut Grove, recognizing films of 1939. And the host was Bob Hope. I think in that time he was like he was the he was that generation's Billy Crystal because he hosted the Oscars quite a lot. I mean Bob Hope was eternal. I mean, he he was he like he lived to be like a million years old. I think he hosted the Oscars, you know, up through the 70s. I mean, I feel like he leaves Billy Crystal in the dust, right? I mean, he's yeah. He's, he's he goes to every single war. I think he even goes to the Gulf War. I mean, he was in the he he goes to entertain the troops in in the Second World War, in Korea, in Vietnam. He's that is an enormous beer you're drinking. Um that's uh um I'm jealous. Um beer you know, marina, like, the Italian beer. Right. Um he um yeah, Bob Hope. I mean he's like a complete institution. Um never seen one of his films. I mean, never really kind of engaged with him in any meaningful way, but he was he was right there. Except for that one episode of The Simpsons that he guest starred on. I've never really had any I've never I mean he's huge. I mean he's like how can someone be on The Simpsons and also be like already a major celebrity in 1930 fucking nine? I mean, I don't it's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, also, I love the fact, like, the Coconut Grove, it's such a, it's such a like, 1930s, 1940s place. Hey, we're going to meet at the Coconut Grove. We're going to pick up some hey, girls. You know, you what do you say? <laughs> I saw him. He's at the Coconut Grove. He's having a, a Moscow mule. You'll find him there. He's a communist. If he's having a Moscow mule, he's definitely a communist. Um, the Coconut Grove is, I believe, a legendary um, venue that's no longer there or has changed you know i don't know la at all well and uh, hollywood like history in that way but um oh it was uh it was a banquet hall at the ambassador hotel well there you go so but it, i mean it's very famous so anyway uh bob hope coconut grove what date did you say it was uh, february 29th 1940. All oh, right, so um almost 82 years ago to the day uh that we're recording um well um yeah so um what so i mean it's 1940 we're talking about the films of 1939 1939 is an incredible year for movies it's also an incredible year for world events because um that's when the second world war starts and uh germany invades poland but you know that those things are all kind of far away from a um hollywood perspective because america hasn't even joined the war yet yeah and, it's about um, a year or, or so before the you know, the date that will live it in for me. Yeah, more like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, because that's, you know, not until December 1941. So America's, you know, got got, you know, quite quite happily just uh, you know, minding its own business at this point and trying not to be too concerned about what's happening on the other side of the Atlantic. And 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 the Second World War hasn't really got going yet at this point either. I mean, like in in, in Europe, because the 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 Germans have yet to really sort of upend everything by invading France. So everyone I think is kind of living in this state of suspended um disbelief or whatever you know kind of just letting events approach um but but it's it's um it's like 1939 for me is the both the end of something and the beginning of something in terms of film history i think it is the end of a very very important decade in filmmaking like post the post silent era the sort of the establishment of um you know a new kind of filmmaking in uh, not just in america but in france as well and uh, and it's like we're about to go into like the the absolute kind of zenith of i mean they, they are they represent a kind of peak but i feel like the 40s and the early 50s kind of show even more the sort of power of the uh studio system and and so on and i think that the the events of 1939 also demonstrate um just how like enormous and unwieldy the sort of the um the studio politics has become because you've got you know gone with the wind and who's behind gone with the wind it's like the the man to end all hollywood um egomaniac megalomaniac uh producers it's david o selznick um and um and his like personal prestige project and it's like where i think the 1920s and 30s you sort of you're building the hollywood system and there is a lot of excess and there is a lot of like you know gross um behavior and you know money sloshing around and stuff it's like i think that um it it doesn't quite it changes in the nineteen forties because the war imposes a certain amount of like political you know you need to do your bit for the troops and blah 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 but yeah but there's also I think then there's other stuff around anti-communism that starts to creep in so um so yeah there's a little bit of that while it, you know the studio system doesn't really break down until the late forties nineteen fifties it's still like robust I feel like there's the it's like playtime is over like the nineteen thirties was was just like you know pool parties and and you know like 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 think of like the movie mank it's just like a bunch of people getting drunk in the sun and uh which looks like a lot 1940- of fun i'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah oh no no i mean uh it's problematic as all hell but yeah i mean sure um but uh but the 1940s is going to look a little bit different um and uh and yeah it just again looking at the oscars and looking at gone with the wind in particular which we're going to talk about a lot it just yeah. feels so removed from anything that looks like the real world and um and it's also i mean three things to say about gone with the wind one as a film it represents all the hollywood excess and the power of the studios and the powers of, of david o selznick in particular uh two um it's sort of you know incredibly out of touch as a film and you know with with most people's uh you know yeah. experiences and three uh, it also shows how um completely and like utterly racist hollywood is and how much it is willing to imbibe and also um perpetuate uh myths about american history and also um you know white supremacist kind of propaganda for for one of a better word yeah disney didn't uh, get in on that until uh the zip did you do movie what was it called what was that the song of the south song of the south yeah sorry uh, I, I mean don't forget disney i mean disney's full of racism before song of the south think about the scene in dumbo with the crows oh yeah the crows and also um oh what's another really problematic thing that was in this time i mean fucking hell take your pick <laughs> <laughs> like, i know the i know the aristocats has like a really kind of racial thing towards uh asian jazz oh yeah. no that's lady and the tramp oh yeah oh yeah lady and the tramp as well I mean... i'm siamese if you please Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We yes, I am me. Yeah, no, don't sing the song. <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't sing. No, that okay, look, let's not. We don't. Disney's not going to enter into the conversation today. Suffice to say, it's just is representative of all the problems that are existing. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are plenty of um, plenty of um, you know racist films from 1939 that aren't Gone with the Wind. I mean, I think. Uh, I think the four the the four feathers, the sort of British Empire uh film, uh which is made in Britain, which I haven't mm. seen in fairness, um, which I think was was it uh, it was produced by Alexander Corder. I can't remember who directed it. Oh, it was produced, oh, it was directed by his brothers all the time. Um The Four Feathers is like, you know, crazy like British Empire um sort of apologism and lots of sort of gratuitous racism. So, you know. It's not just Gone with the Wind. Yeah, they did a version of that with Heath Ledger that came out in 2004, I think. Bloody hell. Um, great. Well, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Maybe we'll get a Gone with the Wind remake one of these days. Um, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. So anyway, I do think 1939, though, which is the year we're kind of looking at, is a spectacular year for movies. I mean, as I say, it's this its this like inflection point in world events and in the history of cinema. And I, I want to... I feel like I want to get into it and I know that there are certain awards that I don't think we'll want to change and others that we really, really will and I feel like there's one award in particular that we're going to want to spend some time really talking about and that's Best Supporting Actress but before we get to that um, do you want to um, do you want to look at some of the other categories? Yeah, let's do that. Um, Gone with the Wind was pretty much all over this like they won pretty much you know, all the Oscars. Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, directed by Frank Capra, which I haven't seen yet, and I really want to. That was nominated for Best Story. And there was also Best Screenplay. What's Best Story? What's that? I think it's like the early version of Best Adapted Screenplay or Original Screenplay or something like that. It must be Best Original Screenplay because... Um... Well, I mean, there's it, in this category, for what, what I'm looking at, it's Best Story and Best Screenplay. Right. So Best Screenplay has... What? I don't get this. So there has Mr. Smith is nominated for both. That's yeah. weird. I'm glad they changed that. This is very confusing. <laughs> so okay. So I guess it's like best idea. You could call it. Yeah, it's like, it's like I'm going to take your idea and turn it into a multi-million yeah. story movie. You got there, kid, and let's see if we can't turn it into a screenplay. <laughs> um, it's like we're going to keep you. on, We're going to put you on the credits. No, we're not. <laughs> You're going to go far, kid. <laughs> no, he yeah. isn't going to go far into the bin um i so okay so what do you want to do with that um i mean let me just say right here right now um the best story of 1939 is not Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, and neither is the best screenplay gone with a fucking win. So I think we want to change both of these right now. I I, I was going to go of like one of two John Ford films, Stagecoach or Young Mr. Lincoln. Young Mr. Lincoln is cheesy, man. I mean, I think if John Ford makes a couple of films this year, and I think my favorite of the three is obviously Stagecoach. But the one I, I think is... Also pretty good as drums along the mohawk. And um, it does get a couple of nominations. But I don't know that that's so it's like for me here, if I was doing best story. Um I'd say the women. Interesting. Yeah. Or uh the Roaring Twenties, which I which I actually should think is a very underrated uh Jimmy Cagney crime film. All right. Well, um, why don't I uh why don't I put it a different way and have, and say, have you considered looking beyond uh the americas and thinking about for example the rules of the game Uh, i would definitely put rules of the game actually now that i think about it because that is a very good film yeah so i think i mean spoiler alert i think i'm going to want to really argue for this film in more categories so why don't we say best story rules of the game and here's a here's a name for you for best screenplay i'm thinking south america i'm thinking Cary grant gene arthur thomas mitchell i'm thinking howard hawks like do you get better patter than Only Angels Have Wings although maybe you do maybe you get it in George Cukor's The Women like which one has a better script because both of those scripts are amazing i would say Only Angels Have Wings i would i think that is a pretty pretty strong movie all right so so um we have our first time tinkering of the day um or of the episode uh we're going to take the bullshit best story category and <laughs> give it to the give it to Jean Renoir or whoever yeah. wrote rules of the game actually i can't remember who wrote it now and um it was john it was john renoir and carl cock carl cock yeah of course and um and then um and give best screenplay to only angels have wings which if you haven't seen it folks is a great movie and widely available you can get Um, a part of the uh, criterion collection right yes we can so next category well, uh, I haven't seen any of the short films that were nominated. There's like one Best Live Action Short Film 1 Reel and Best Live Action Short Film 2 Reel. Interesting. Yeah, I have not seen Drunk Driving or 5 Times 5 uh, oh. nor have I seen Sword Fishing. That sounds like a very interesting one. Oh, oh, it's, narrated, it's narrated by Ronald Reagan. What? <laughs> ra- want to catch a swordfish? Do you? Mm trickle-down economics um i don't uh, yeah um the reagan thing. the actor yeah <laughs> it was vice president jerry lewis um uh, hi dougie um i yeah let's move on i don't know about that uh best animated short film the ugly duckling might have seen it it's one of those i think it's one of those like disney steep uh, silly symphonies kind of thing i don't know yeah it's an early silly symphony the, one of the Disney uh shorts well, I'm happy to give it to Ugly Duckling Lord knows although there is a there is an animated film that comes out in 1939 that's quite interesting uh, it's a version of Gulliver's Travels and it's done not by Disney but by um Dave Fleischer Fleischer, mm, Fleischer. That. Uh, yeah it's it's weird um it's but it's pretty it's it's it, it yeah it's the his he and his brother the, the Fleischer brothers Max and Dave Fleischer they they made it um it's not going to change your life but it's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, So best scoring, I guess this is like the early version of best original score. Stagecoach won for that film. I mean, one for that Oscar. Sorry, I'm happy with that. Yeah, the other nominations were Babes in Arms. It was one of those uh, Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland films. Yeah, Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame, Intermezzo, which is a a Leslie Howard film with Ingrid Bergman. Bergman. Yeah, Ingrid Bergman. Yeah, Ingrid Bergman. Mister Smith. Mister Smith goes to Washington. Dimitri Tjunkin. Of mice and men. There's a film called She Married a Cop. <laughs> ah, she married a cop. Are you a I didn't cop? I was a floozy. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, let's just do oh, it. Wait, oh, wait, hold on. Okay, best scoring, and then there's best original score. Why is this is so confusing? Well, they are just like padding the the you know making sure that everyone got an award? I don't. I, don't know. <laughs> I guess so. This is like, uh, I mean, they also have best cinematography, black and white, and best cinematography in color. Hang on a minute best original score has to be wizard of oz yeah of course right yes. i mean come on yeah. somewhere over the rainbow yeah we're off to see the wizard the wonderful we wizard, wizard of oz yeah oh that's yes yeah. so it's got to be um it's got to be wizard of oz for best original score and then we'll do best scoring for stagecoach yeah. which actually um corresponds with exactly who did win? So there we go. Yeah. Did you like Wizard of Oz? It's hard not to, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's it's mad, but it is. Um, it's 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 a lovely yeah. kids film, and and I mean, it's sad what happened to Judy Garland, of course, and it's yeah, it's 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 you know, um, but it yeah, and it's it's so kind of such Americana as well, but it is such a brilliant piece of like hollywood like this is the filmmaking fantasy like this is what you can do and yeah. um you know it's groundbreaking it's, it's one of the first all color movies you know i mean it's yeah. it's um yeah so i'm 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 not against the wizard of oz um Either it's not one of my favorite films of all time but i you know um i'm not gonna i'm not gonna knock it um, i'll get you my pretty and your little dog too mm-hmm. Contender for Best Supporting Actress, in my opinion. Just yeah. saying. Anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um. I could while away the hours Conferring with the flowers Consulting with the rain And my head I'd be scratching While my thoughts are busy hatching If I only had a brain, had a brain. <sighs> Yes, it was. <laughs> Every song is a doozy in that one. Um, yeah. oh, it makes me want to watch it now. Um. Okay put them up put him up i love that <laughs> The <a> cowardly line <laughs> i do like in one moment in the movie the scarecrow is pulling a gun <laughs> what there's a scene where, like it, it's never used it's like it's never used to brought up ever again it's like they're going through like this haunted forest and then like in one shot you can see the scarecrow is holding a gun weird oh yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of myths about um the Wizard of Oz, isn't it? So apparently if you, if you start Pink Floyd's the dark side of the moon during the roaring of the MGM lion, at the beginning, it will match up really perfectly. And then there's also this rumor that like a munchkin is is seen hanging from a tree yeah i know that that, there's that there's 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 not true it's just fake news i mean it's it's just it's just i think like someone debunked it and it was like it was just a piece of like the set to debunk it's not there (laughs) (laughs) it's just a fucking stoner conspiracy theory um Although yeah. when they do point it out, you can kind of think like, "Oh, it could be like a thing or something like that." I don't know, but only if you're blind. Okay. There's <laughs> um, so, also that. There's uh, also that. There's also that theory in uh, Three Men and a Baby where like there's like you, the, the, it, it, the camera like pans away and you see like this little boy looking through the window, and everyone thought it was like a ghost. It was just like a poster of a child that they just didn't move from the window. Right. Um, let's move on. Um, so, best song over the rainbow. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, what what else could it possibly be? Uh, I we've fair. had three music Oscars. Yeah, awesome I mean, music. Well, I mean, musicals were really popular in the '30s. It like you know they saved cinemas from bankruptcy. Yeah. All right. You, well, I'm happy with I'm happy with that as best song. I mean, I can't honestly, I can't think of anything else that would even qualify. <laughs> uh, so cinematography went to William Wyler's film. Uh, Black and white cinematography went to Weathering Heights okay uh let me just uh, with laurence olivier and david niven uh yeah and um and um oh what's her name earl oberon earl oberon yeah yeah that's that's a good film um stagecoach was also nominated oh you know what i i I do think wuthering heights and greg tolland i mean he's such a good cinematographer i feel like it would be yeah pretty of us to take that away um From black and white cinematography. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything else that would qualify. You know, actually, uh, one film that I would throw in there um is Marcel Carnet's Le Jour se lève. Um that that is really good. Um, and um the cinematography in that was um well, it's done by four guys, it says here Philippe Agostini, Court Courant, Andre Bach, and Albert um, um, If I was going to uh, add another one to that, I would also add the rules of the game because it is uh, the cinematography in that film is great, but also I like the way that it uses uh, deep focus cinematography. Yeah, you know what? You're right. That is really good. Let's give it to that. So that's also, let's see. Um, Okay, there's also four guys. Apparently, in every French film, four blokes need to handle the cinematography. Jean Bachelet, Jacques Lemar, Jean-Paul Alphen, and Alan Renoir. So, okay, let's do do that. Uh, Best cinematography... Big best cinematography color. Color spelt C-O-L-R-O-R because... Well, it's because it's America. Yeah. That went to Gone with the Wind. Well, it shouldn't have done. Because, I mean... You are. Well, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe it's maybe not you're right. I'm not saying you're arguing for it, but um <sighs> there aren't that many other contenders. There's Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um well there's drums along the Mohawk. Yeah, that's That's got some good cinematography in that. Yeah. Yeah. Should we just leave? I don't want yeah. to reward guns with the gun with the wind, that's the thing. I, I want to <laughs> I wanna take things away from it. I want to, as you said in your introduction, we want to strip the undeserving of the Why don't we just give it to Drums Along the Mohawk? Because we can. Yeah, let's do that. So editing editing also went to Gone with the Wind. Well, that's stupid. Okay. The other uh, films were Goodbye, Mr. Chips, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, The Rains Came, and Stagecoach. Well, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington has some good editing in it. But you know what else has some good editing in it is uh, The Roaring Twenties. So do you want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Cool. All right. Roaring Twenties best editing. You heard it here first, folks. Yeah. With uh, jimmy cagney and um oh, God. uh Humphrey, Humphrey in that film yeah um ah, that's such a good ending that film yeah i i think it's, I, it's a little long in places um it is it's but, not as like it's not as like tight as something like only angels have wings no sorry that's not no, angels with dirty faces sorry angels yeah. the angels in the titles confuse me and um public yeah, enemy. you want to get your angels straight kid <laughs> Uh, yeah, Public Enemy and uh, Angels with Dirty Faces. I forgot it again. <laughs> yeah, Angels with Dirty Wings. Um, well, that's—I mean, that's what they play on in the Home Alone thing, isn't it? <laughs> Angels with even dirtier souls. But <laughs> <All around laughs> My Tommy <course>. gun, don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Little Mo with the gimpy leg, Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> A lie. <laughs> um, okay. Keep the change, so- you filthy animal. Okay, we have to stop this. Um, Should we uh, get into the big six? All right, let's do it. So, best supporting actor went to Thomas Mitchell, who played Doc Boone in Stagecoach. You know, but, but he is in so many films this year, and he could have won best supporting actor for a couple of them. Um, he is in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. He's in Gone with the Wind. He's in um, Only, Angels, Only, Angels, have Only Wings. Angels Have Wings. I mean, he's everywhere. Um, he's in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and he could have won for Only Angels Have Wings I think Um, because he's 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 so good in that and his his, his interplay with Cary Grant is amazing but his character in Stagecoach I mean he's the soul of that film isn't he I mean he's just so lovely Um, and such it's such a great character arc and he does it with such relish but he doesn't chew the scenery he just you know Yeah, he he doesn't like, he doesn't, he keeps it quite well contained. He doesn't like overdo it. Like if you are playing like a drunk character in a film, you don't, he keeps it pretty, he keeps it pretty well grounded for like a 1930s context. I mean, the other nominations are pretty boring as well. I mean, it's like, you've got um, Harry Carey and Claude Rains for Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and then Brian Donleavy. And and uh, Brian are uh, hurt. Two Bryans. Um, and you got an, like, and, you, and you got an Englishman playing a, a Mexican. Yeah, right. So I feel like it's a pretty open and shut case. I mean, the one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. They, Arch uh, Austrian Maximilian the first of Mexico. I think he was Austrian. Sorry, my bad. Oh yeah, oh, bloody hell. Yeah, you don't want to get that wrong. He was um, on behalf of France. Anyway, long story. Um, the, the another person who I actually think could be given best supporting actor. Would be Jean Renoir. In um, I was just about to say because his performance in that is very good. Yeah, and he has the iconic line. Uh, the the terrible thing is everyone has their reasons, which mm. is one of the greatest lines in all of cinema history. And 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 he get he delivers it in his own film it's been such a long time when i've seen i've when i've when I, since i've seen that film but like that scene where he's outside with i can't remember which character it is the one of the one of the female characters and it's just like a really moving scene and he's such a like great performance and um i mean the whole film is just like just you know cinematic and beautiful and but it's just that particular moment really stuck with me just like in, him talking about himself and like oh I'm, I'm ugly and everything like that or yeah it's sort of a, he's yeah, it's a very vulnerable performance, and it's um, it's you know it really is the kind of dream character actor part, and he takes it on himself. And even though he's not, you know, he's he's behind the camera most of the time. So um I don't know. And he he he's not in that many other films. I don't think. Um, so it is kind of a remarkable performance I just think Thomas Mitchell deserves it because he was in so many films and then he still manages to pull out one of the iconic performances in Stagecoach so for me my, my, mm. my vote still for Thomas Mitchell yeah um, so Best Supporting Actress went to Henny McDaniel who played Mammy in Gone with the Wind and right. infamously enough she was not at the ceremony she was at a another ceremony for black people no, I think she was at the ceremony. I just think she had to sit at the separate table. Oh, right. I thought she was at a different yeah on tour. her own. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no. She was at the she was at the ceremony. Um, but oh, apologies, just, it, apologies for getting that wrong. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um. So this is a huge thorny issue. One that I think we need to handle with a bit of delicacy because yeah. it is not um it is not straightforward. So let's just start with the positives, right? She becomes. In 1939, the first um, Black actor, Black person to be nominated for an Academy Award, and the first person to win. Yeah. And um, the next Black person who wins, or the next Black woman who wins supporting actor doesn't do it for another 50 years, and it's um, would be Goldberg for, for Ghost. Um, oh, yeah, that's true. It's also worth noting that for all of its problems, it's a good performance and she's an amazing screen presence. Yeah, she um, is. So, so those are the, so you can put those in the sort of pro column and she's, you know, um, and, she, you know, there's no question that she is a, a, a representative of, she is representative of how overlooked black people have been by cinema and by the, by Hollywood and by culture in general, um, you know, historically and into our own time um, but the problem is that to get this award, she has to make and I'm not this is not on her like it her choice to be in this film, I don't think should be, you know I, I know she's been she's been the subject of criticism for it um and she you know she famously said, um I'd rather make seven hundred dollars a week playing a maid than earn seven dollars a day being being a maid, you know, which is like, okay, you know, you've made that you've made that distinction you've made that choice she was also a tireless advocate for the rights of uh, black people in the entertainment industry and you know was by no means um you know a collaborator with systemic racism however being in this film supporting this movie um which let's be and we didn't even talk about this when we we talked about the screenplay stuff you know the work on which this film is based the book on which this film is based is full of hateful racism even more than is in the film they had to the NAACP had to advocate strenuously for the n-word to be removed from this film they still use the word darky which is horribly offensive and I apologize for using it just now but like um you know the 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 what what was in the book was was far worse in in many ways than what ends up on screen which is still pretty bad malcolm x talks about in his uh in what, i can't remember if it's in his autobiography or in, or in an interview he gave how he just he just wanted to die when he saw um butterfly McQueen doing her thing in this film where she plays this complete stereotype of the of an enslaved woman mm-hmm. um and and is this like is it's such a it's just such a sad thing to watch and it's not again it's not a critique of the individual performer but more of the system that allows it to happen you know so and 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 the and and one has to remember that the stereotype of the mammy as well of the the the, the domestic and older um slave woman who is a sort of enslaved woman who's a who's a surrogate mother to to white plantation owners is you know is one that is just suffused throughout southern literature and is used to try and sort of show to you know to a to a critical audience that actually you know look at this yeah slavery's not that bad we were you know we had these lovely people who were in our homes and we treated them as families except that you didn't treat them they're not treated as family they don't even have a proper name they're just called mammy and so um so i'm I'm unfortunately on the side of the people who saw this film and were appalled by it because of what it supports in terms of its racial politics. And therefore, I can't bear the thought of giving it any recognition. And I really hate the way that the first Black performer rewarded with an Oscar in history is rewarded for this film, which perpetuates racial stereotypes. You know, the first... The opening crawl of the films, you know, Star Wars style, talks about you know this is a long lost era of master and slave. It literally says it, but it's like it's getting nostalgic for fucking slavery, you know. And yeah. and, and not just that, but but in making this film, in ma- in tra- in trucking in that nostalgia, in becoming the most successful film ever made at this point as well, you know, you are endorsing all this stuff, and it you know it gets to the point where you know when they have the premiere in atlanta hattie mcdaniel she can't go to that so no, that might wouldn't. be where you you know she she was not allowed to attend that clark gable threatened to boycott it um but he she was like nope, don't worry about it just go anyway um she wasn't on any of the posters that were released in the south you know they colluded in it they they to sell tickets hollywood david oselznick mgm colluded with um jim crow white supremacy and it's um it's appalling so um so I do not agree that, as 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 noble a person as I'm sure Hattie McDaniel was, and as um, important a sort of and I hate this word, but like as an important a pioneer as she was, or a, or a or a you know a, as a breakthrough artist, um, her award is I think a sympathy vote. It is a um, it is offensive. I think to reward. To 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 say to black people, the only way you're going to get recognition is if you play a stereotype in a stereotypical film. If you debase yourself in the name of this trash, yeah. So um, so I'm I'm not I'm not so much taking the award away from hers. I'm taking it away from the, the film, and um and then I'm stopping. to stop ranting now. There's I think um on the uh, you must remember this podcast the in their series where they talk about um. Song of the South, I think they do have an episode where they do talk about Hattie McDaniel and her career and how she did end up getting typecast into these Mammy uh, yeah. roles and um, she couldn't really break out of it and I think she did get a lot of cri- criticism from the black community because of it Yeah, it was Yeah, I mean, she she got typecast and she also tried to you know, make money off it as you would. And um, she tried taking the show on the road at one point where she would play a mammy, and that was not popular for obvious reasons. So, yeah. you know, um, but again, I don't want to make this about her so much as about this, the system. So Just the I, have a, I have a nomination to, to turn to a cheerful, more cheerful subject. I have a nomination that I think you'll approve of. Um, and that is Rosalind Russell in The Women. Yes, definitely. Uh, who is hilarious and so perfect throughout that film and we've we've talked about the women before on one of our recommendation episodes Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously it's it it is um it's a film that you know funny enough despite being entirely uh having an entirely female cast doesn't pass the bechdel test which is hilarious but um (laughs) it does not (laughs) um, it is nevertheless the case that she is just astonishing in it and and one of many you know we're talking about a film that has Joan Fontaine and John Crawford and Norma Shearer in it and all of them you know deliver some of their best work um Rosalind Russell is just she's she is the she is the class clown in this film and she does it with such aplomb she's physically funny she has great lines she her facial expressions are priceless you know um and um yeah it's just it's I, I think it's just a barnstormer of a performance and um And a film that should be um, recognized a bit more, certainly more than fucking Gone with the Wind anyway. Um, So um, so are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, I mean, obviously a shout out to um, uh, Margaret Hamilton in in Wizard of Oz as well. Yeah, she's great. Great performance. It's Um, like the 1930s version of Darth Vader. It's like such an iconic performance. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's a shame she didn't do more uh do more stuff really. But um But like those things, those aspects like I'm melting, melting, and th- those those live on. <laughs> you know, people, you know, if you, you have if you haven't seen Wizard of Oz, you know those moments, like I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too. Yeah. Oh no, she's it's it's completely iconic. Um another nominee that I think is deserving is also Edna Mae Oliver from Drums Along the Mohawk. Along the Mohawk, yeah. All right. Well, I'm so are we happy with Rosalind Russell then? She wasn't even nominated. Can you believe that? Yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah. So, best actress went to Vivian Lee for Scarlett O'Hara. Yep. So, I haven't seen any of the other best actress nominations. I haven't seen The Dark Victory with Betta Davis, mm. uh, Love Affair, or Ninocha, or Goodbye, Mr. Chips. It's Ninochka, but yeah, I've Ninochka, seen Ninochka. Sorry um and she's very good uh Greta Garbo um yeah. this is tough um this is tough because one has to admit that Vivian Lee is tremendous in Gone with the yeah. Wind there's no there's no question about that um and um you know i, I it's uh, it is it is a great and iconic performance and i mean she has she's she's really remembered for two things and that's this that performance and and um and streetcar yeah and um so so yeah so it's it's pretty it's a pretty hard one to look past and yeah it's also a pretty um it's also a pretty <laughs> difficult year because there aren't a lot of other great uh best practice yeah. performances um just while we're talking about this just a quick aside um so you know when they did the famous burning of atlanta right and Gone with the wind Yeah, Um, this is the scene that kind of opens the brilliant uh, Otto Friedrich book, City of Nets. And it's like they got all these uh, old sets together from different movies, like old DW Griffith epics and blah, blah, blah. And they pile them all together. And then Selznick had this like series of pipes and ignition uh, things set, uh, igniters set throughout this thing. And, And he could literally like control the fire. And so he's like a kid with a toy set. I mean, that's really like how he was, I think in real life. Um, and he's, and he burns this shit and they film it and they use that as the backdrop for the burning of Atlanta. And apparently the urban myth is that while he was doing this, his drunk ass brother turned up with this young British woman who none of them had ever seen before. And he said, I've got your Scarlett O'Hara. And she, and she ended up being, part. I knew it was the most sought after role in the history of films at this point, you know, yeah. Betty Davis, famously lobbied for it didn't get it was in the film jezebel which is um also pretty interesting but it's in my opinion a better film and also her performance is brilliant in that um it came out the year before i think so um you know and that that, you know any number of other women in hollywood wanted this part and it went to uh to vivian lee and she is really good um so so yeah i um I don't know what to do other than to say, maybe we give it to her, but with a sort of shake of the head and then say, you know, we don't approve, but it's like, it's like, it's like when Samuel Jackson gave the best original screenplay Oscar to the guys who wrote green book. It's like, you guys don't fucking deserve this kind of thing. Right. Except yeah. Except they really didn't because uh, other people that year who could have won. But I mean, if you're looking at the best performance by a leading actress, you could say Claire Trevor and Stagecoach, but it doesn't. It's just mm. not. It's not. It, one has to admit. I mean, here's here's the thing. I would compare it to is like Meryl Streep. Yeah. Good performance, bad film. And she has been nominated for a lot of, a lot of bad films. In, I mean, her perform. I'm sure. I'm sure her performances. Her performances in films, even in like something like something quite forgettable, like oh, what's the, it's called. Uh, it's a Carl Franklin film. Sorry, I'll look it up. It's um. I think it's it's not one fine day. It's uh but yeah, I mean that that comparison is pretty 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 sound. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean Meryl Streep's made a career out of being in. um Oh, but you know what? It's one true occurred. thing. One true thing. That was the movie. Sorry. You know what we could do? We could, could give it to Judy Garland. <laughs> yeah, because. Because, 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 um, while she's probably not as good as Vivian Lee, she does get fucked over by Hollywood in a big way and has a sad end. And I feel like could do with the recognition. So it could take, we could just say, while we recognize that Vivian Lee probably deserves it on the strength of her performance, we just don't agree with that film. And we're gonna give it to Judy because she deserves it. Well the thing is gone with the wind doesn't deserve it and (laughs) judy garland deserves some form of recognition for what she was put through and so yeah maybe we should just do that sounds like a good plan i'd agree with that so best actress goes to judy garland oh my goodness people we did not see this coming vivian (laughs) lee is in tears in the audience but um you know just a terrible night for david o selznick and gone with the wind he's getting ready to blow up the coconut grove yes with his famous experience yeah um wouldn't that be brilliant if no one went to see it and it was this moment of like refusing to i mean this is the thing that makes me sad about this project is every time we every time we take you know we sort of correct the record in favor of racial justice it reminds you how in unjust the actual history is and that kind of makes me depressed yeah that's true Right, well. Um, so, so, Judy Garland. Well done. Yeah, Judy Garland. Um, best, can... best actor I haven't... I mean, apart from Gone with the Wind, Clark Gable as Rhett Butler, I haven't seen any of the other films. I haven't seen Babes in Arms, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, or Goodbye, Mr. Chips, or Wuthering Heights. Well, that's crap. Well, who won? Uh, Robert Donut for Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Oh, yeah. He died young, Robert Donut. Um, it's really sad. Yeah, um, he was uh, 53. Yeah. Um, so, well let's look at it i uh i haven't seen goodbye mr chips and so i feel like we should just um you know pick up different one just for the sake of it um so here are some of my contenders uh jean gabin in le jour se lève which i know you haven't seen um great actor yes a hundred percent uh definitely laurence olivier in wuthering heights um you know he's he's just fantastic um, and also Charles Lawton in the Hunchback of Notre Dame, uh, who was uh, very good. Yeah, so I guess you haven't seen any of these films. Uh, yeah. Jimmy Stewart's pretty good in in Mister Smith Goes to Washington, but he's also very pre like he's very much pre war James Stewart. It, it, there's it, it's 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 um, like he's so much better in It's a Wonderful Life. Um, yeah, I think he got better after. I think he gave a lot much better performances after. After that, fucked up. with like, flying combat missions over Germany. <laughs> yeah. yeah. PTSD will do wonders for your career. <laughs> That's right, sweetheart. That's right. Um. Yeah. He's. It's. It's pretty. I, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. is a pretty weird film, to tell you the truth. Um. I'd be very interested to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. I do um, like Frank Capra's films. I do want to try and watch that. Um. And so yeah. So I um. I mean, well, you should also say that Clark Gable's pretty fucking good in *Gone with the Wind*. It's just, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, should we, just, should we we'll just? We'll just leave it as it is. Well, no, no, no. I, I don't want to leave it as it is. I, do you want to? Should we just? Do you want to just pick whoever you like the best out of the people I just mentioned? Should we just pick Jean Gabin because we? Can? Yeah, Jean Gabin because not a lot of French actors got nominated for Oscars in the 1930s. And he did come to Hollywood. Um, after the, you know, after France fell. So, uh, you know, yeah. having, having being an award-winning actor, you might've had a better career than you ended up having in Hollywood, which was not, which was quite well overwhel- underwhelming, sorry. So, um, all right, let's do best director and best picture, right? Yeah, best director went to Victor Fleming, who I think took over from George Cukor or one of the other directors. King that was by George Cukor, sorry. King Vidor. King Vidor. Right? Well, I think, so. I think it was King Vidor who did uh, a lot of Gone with the Wind um maybe george kukor as well i know it had lots of directors didn't just no 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 the original the original director was george kukor and he was replaced by and he was replaced by fleming who was then in turn replaced by sam wood but then took some time off due to exhaustion and then fleming came back or something like that you know what i'm thinking of i'm thinking of um jewel in the sun oh yeah because i think king vidor got fired from that sorry george kukor king vidor they sound kind of similar um in any case, Victor Fleming definitely doesn't deserve it because he's barely—he doesn't even direct the whole film. Um, I'd give it—I'd give it to John Ford for Stagecoach, who was nominated that year. Of course, it's gotta be John Ford. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it is. Yes, John Ford wins Best Director for Stagecoach, as he should have done. Yeah, and of course, Outstanding Production went to David O. Selznick for Gum of the Wind. Yeah, fuck that. Uh, for nine money, it's Rules of the Game. Yeah, definitely. Either that, or Stagecoach, or Only Angels Have Wings. I think it's got to be Rules of the Game. While I think Stagecoach is an extraordinary film, I think I think that Rules of the Game is one of the films that will live in eternity as a great work of yeah. art, you know? And um, you could say, well, maybe Jean Renoir deserves best director. But I think the directing in Stagecoach is, is one of the things that makes it so exciting and so brilliant. Whereas I think it's the production... I mean, not to say the directing is bad in in Rules of the Game by any stretch of the imagination, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's it's more of a sort of Gesamtkunstwerk, and I think it's it's so much the screenplay, this everything sort of works together to produce this sublime movie. So yeah, I will I will happily do uh, Rules of the Game. Nice. So should we run through? Um, best picture was Rules of the Game. Yeah. Uh, best director John Ford. Best actor uh, Jean Gabin. Best yeah. actress. Who do we say best actress? Judy Garland. Yeah. Yeah. Best Supporting Actor, Thomas Mitchell. He keeps his award. Best Supporting yes. Actress, um, uh, Rosalind Russell. Yep. And the rest of them I can't remember. And the rest. <laughs> yeah. And those. Go back and listen to the start of the episode if you forgot, because I can't remember what. <laughs> I've <laughs> forgotten too. No, we were sort of like the music for Wizard of Oz could leave it, uh, and uh, we took away Gone with the Wind for a bunch of the other awards it won, like Cinematography yeah, basically- and... Gone with the wind. I don't have time to go into all the reasons why it's a problematic film and the lost cause myth and the white supremacy and and blah blah blah. But you know, just trust me, folks. Um, it's it's got issues. And if you can watch it and think that there's nothing wrong with that film, then there is something wrong with you. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, let's leave it there, as they say. Well, tonight is over, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh Yes, exactly. Uh, everyone make your way home. Um, and um, yeah, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's 1939. So, you know, enjoy it while it lasts or 1940s. So um, amazing to think of how many of the nominees are going to be, uh, you know, wearing uniforms and either serving in the, in the armed forces or sort of doing propaganda stuff. And, you know, John Ford's going to go and film the Battle of Midway, Frank Capra, and Victor, yeah. Frank Capra and William Wyler. And others are going to go to Europe. Um, James Stewart's gonna fly bombers over Germany. You know, the shit's coming, shit's coming down the road. And and then there's the Hollywood canteen, which, you know, was this. Do you know about this? Basically, it was like a it was like a nightclub venue that was staffed by Hollywood stars and mostly women. And it was organized, I think, largely by women like Betty Davis and, and others. I think oh, maybe okay, Norma Shearer was involved as well. And and it was um, yeah, it was this really interesting um. Um, just, yeah, just a really interesting idea for the, and it was for the troops, you know. Nice. Um, I I haven't heard of that. I haven't heard of that, no. Yeah, really, really interesting. And, um, but yeah, there was, there was an incredibly sad um, story from that, which was that a woman who was sick with some kind of disease, I mean, this is kind of very prevalent from, for the time of COVID, isn't it? You know, she knew she was sick, but she went anyway to this thing. And one of the people who got sick because of her going to this, you know, turning it into a super spreader event at the Hollywood Canteen, oh, uh, was Gene Tierney, and Gene Tierney ended up losing a baby, I think, because of it, oh, no. uh, or something like that. And uh, so, and she found out later because this woman came up to her and she was like, "Oh, Gene Tierney, oh, no, I, can't. I saw you at the Hollywood Canteen once. I'm so glad I went, even though I was sick with this disease." And Gene Tierney was like what you know and 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 it's like a really sad story so i i'm mind i don't in, know that story yeah yeah sure. no it's really it's really sad anyway um the the war years are coming folks and um uh if yeah. you, actually speaking of um you must remember this she did a great season on hollywood's uh second world war so worth listening to mm. shall we uh shall we go should we come back another time and do some more of this stuff yeah uh, let's do that what which one shall we look at next well, I don't know. Um, because I was looking at potential years and um the 70s, I was thinking are a decade that we should look at. Except I find myself agreeing with a lot of the Oscars in the 70s because yeah, me too. frankly, all the films they recognize and all the performances they recognize are pretty good. So that's hard to argue with. I mean, we could um I think we could take a look at um 19 the 1957 uh awards because of the the fact that they ignored our one of our favorite movies the searches but it feels like we're sort of taking it personally but um, yeah but also I, I think um it's also interesting looking at a lot of like the 90s oscars and seeing a lot of films that were nominated then as well and just thinking like oh my god that was such a weird year it's like you could you gave it to that <laughs> yeah we could go back to the 90s well what do you want to do do you want to do uh should we go from old hollywood to new hollywood should we go back to the 90s we could do oh we could do the year that what was the year was it 1998 uh with titanic um uh no i think it was the yeah no that was 90 it was that 98 was 90, that was it was not, it was 98 yeah yeah it was the seven it was the 70th uh, academy awards uh where titanic pretty much just won everything yeah um i would I would be happy to um I would be happy to take on to take on that year. Yeah, either that Actually, or yeah. either that or um the 71st Academy Awards the year after that where Shakespeare in Love won best picture. Ooh. Oh shit. Oh god, that's a fucking nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. it won best picture over Saving Private Ryan, Thin Red Line and um oh what was the other no, the other one big one I beautiful, I'm looking at it now. Yeah, life is beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know what? I think um, I think we could have a I think we could have a, a, a good look at that year. Yeah. I think the '90s are going to be going to going to be good for us. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's we've really got some we've really got some records to set straight. Um, so um, should we should, right. we should we should we should just to keep it as like a round number? Should we do the 70th Academy Awards with Titanic one? Oh, I kind of want to do this. I kind of want to. I really want to do 1999 now. <laughs> um, let's okay. Let's do let's let's do 1999 because that's a that's a good year. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna jump forward um, by. Uh, and my math is terrible. Sixty? No is it 50 years yeah 50 yeah yeah 50 years yeah. no 60 years Fucking idiot um as, as 60 years we're going to jump forward in time from 1939 to 1999 and um do um the 71st academy awards so stay tuned folks yeah definitely so do stay tuned for that episode um yeah you can find us on apple podcasts spotify uh I'll put the linktree link in. You can check us check us check us also, check us out there. I'm on Twitter at Fabricius91. Adam is the Northampton Dane. We're both on Instagram. We uh, have a blog. You can check out the blog. We'll put it in the uh, episode description. Uh, do check out the uh, top ten episodes. The last one we did was the uh, Paris uh, films, which uh, which was a lot of fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and do check out all the uh, movie recommendations that we did during lockdown and quarantines and all that nonsense and craziness yeah we've produced a lot of free content for you people and you should check it out yes and uh, stay tuned for the next episode where we jump into uh, uh, new Hollywood the 71st Academy Awards where Whoopi Goldberg was the host it uh, took place March 21st 1999 do check out that episode when it is available so yep yep so, so you're saying check out the next episode while listening to this. This is very confusing. Okay, yeah, yeah, I see, I see, I see. When you're listening to this, we will have recorded the film, <laughs> the, the episode about the films of 1998. Uh, I mean, my mind- brain. Okay, let's just go. Goodbye. Just jumped into the Matrix there. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. yeah. Is that? Did that come out in 1998? No, that came out in 1999. Okay. It came out in 1999, but it uh, it wasn't. It was. It yeah, was then- but that's the thing. Is these we're talking about? We're going to be talking about films from 1998. Okay let's this is boring uh let's let's put the listeners out of their misery yeah